Good afternoon, you lovely people. How are you doing? Thank you so much for a wonderful show yesterday. I really enjoyed that. I always think when I'm on solo and you guys interact with me, makes my day, makes it all worthwhile and certainly um, keeps the conversation moving in a positive direction. I've had some lovely feedback from that, not just live, but also after the fact. It seemed to really engage people about um, the adverts that they might have seen or not seen with regards to massage guns and what their place is and stuff. And it obviously opens more of a discussion around styles of practice etc more than it does the actual devices um, and so that's exactly what this show's all about so that's brilliant and similarly to channel and further that conversation i've got an esteemed guest joining me soon she's just waiting in the lobby hopefully not making a mess i'm just keeping an eye there she seems to be all, all good and smiling um, and you're all going to be uh, really you know, no doubt tuning in to, to listen to her uh, as you might have seen, those uh, eagle eyes on the uh, title sequence, uh, I'm being joined today by Leanne Antoine, a good friend of mine. We're getting to know each other increasingly over recent months, uh, but also known of her and her work uh, for longer than that. And so I'm really pleased to have her on the show. And we've got a few things that we're going to be announcing uh, that I won't do as a spoiler yet. Um, please do, as ever, tune in on the chat function for those that are tuning in live. Please let us know your thoughts and comments. We would love the conversation to flow and, and you'll get to know quite quickly if you've not uh, aware of Leanne we love to chat both between us but also we'd love to get you guys engaged as well as ever when there's a guest on you guys sometimes are a little bit coy until the end and then I don't have enough time to sort out the comments and questions I don't want that to happen especially today me and Leanne would love to have you guys involved and in, in, in speaking up so uh, please do let me know and get into the chat box so without further ado I shall shut up and introduce Leanne, Leanne, can you hear me? I can. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, thank you for joining me today. For those that haven't uh, that seen or heard of your work before, just maybe give us a quick intro into you, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, God, the ability to introduce myself. I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my name's Leanne Antoine. I am a chartered physiotherapist based in uh, St. Albans and Radlett. I work privately. My company is called uh, Distinct Physiotherapy. Generally, people look and see purple and they think of me because uh, that's my brand color, although I'm not in purple today. But you can see the sign behind me. I've been in um, clinical practice now for nearly 15 years. And my business has been going for five, just over, yeah, just over five years uh, with an MSK, an MSK uh, flow to it. But I have spent a lot of time, I suppose, building the brand of my business, which comes with a bit of awareness around physiotherapy. Uh, so I do a lot more in the space of educational marketing in the way that I, I generate business, but also educate the general public. Um, I'm a media spokesperson for the Charter Society of Physiotherapy. I also do a lot of stuff in terms of speaking at schools to encourage students to, to become physiotherapists. Uh, and I do a lot of like motivational, educational uh, talks and presentations. So I was going to say in a nutshell, that's me. I said, I usually say to people by day, I'm a physiotherapist and by night, I'm a voiceover artist. Yeah, I've heard about a bit about that. <laughs> and uh, and that's definitely something if you hadn't have said it, I would have brought up that you also yeah. moonlight as a voiceover artist. I'm sure that people <laughs> yeah. listening now can understand why uh, it's such an interesting and unique voice that you have. And also something that it's almost so really because you're so well practiced and well versed with regards to the public speaking side it means that things just flow so nicely and also some great work you've been doing as a media spokesperson and i know that's something we're going to come to talk about yeah. in a little while i know we're at risk of starting with the punchline in a way but 
those that have had an eagle eye on the descriptions um, will notice that we are also announcing today that you're going to be running for CSP Council. So that's the uh, Chartered Society of Physiotherapy as a, as a membership council, which technically runs the organisation, at least signs off on what the staff base would be wanting to do and put into the agenda. Um, and so we've also, you know, we'll talk a little bit about uh, later on as to, as to how we're going to try and make sure that your voice is out there and known way ahead of those elections. But start off there by saying how did you come to that decision and why is it that you're wanting to get stuck in that way <laughs> i think that um there are lots of reasons as to why like and why now and when i think about what my own you know what's been my own awareness of the of the csp what have i thought about the work that they do or don't do? Have I felt like I've been represented? Do I feel like I've been heard? Is it supported, supportive to private practice? Um, do I actually know what they do? Like, what does it mean to be a member in such a, you know, in a governing board body that has so many members, you know, 61, 62,000 members? Um, and, and whilst I think that, you know, definitely, um, I'm going to say matters around equality, diversion and inclusion have definitely, um, I want to say accelerated the potential for me to be a part of, of this, because I think that there's been a, a long period of time where positions like this have, haven't felt flexible. How can I get there? How do I do that? What does that mean? Mm. So I think I've kind of arrived at a point in my profession, 15 years as a physio, 20 years in, in healthcare as a physio assistant before I started um, before I went, you know, became qualified and where I feel like I'm at a point where those things fundamentally at that point really matter moving forward. And what do the 20, you know, the next potential 20 years in physiotherapy look like? I want to be a part of that. I think that is fundamentally so important. And as, as a clinician and as someone my origin into physiotherapy was my grandmother, who was an orthopedic nurse for nearly 40 years. Nice. I think that there's a there's a personal feeling about what I feel um, for physiotherapy. I know some people will say, well, you know, for some people, it's just a job, right? Sure. For me, I feel like very much about what I do is very much a calling. I don't feel like it's just a job. Right. So I've become quite embedded in in my practice, in, embedded in my brand, embedded in the profession. Mm. And I think that a lot of people find me relatable because of that, you know, sure. they can feel what I'm saying. It, it resonates with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, I think that's a really good point because it's something that there's a lot of a lot of physios and a lot of people in the MSK space as therapists that definitely just feel like it's such a central part of their personal identity. It's not just a job, it's certainly a vocation. It's certainly something that then becomes integrated as a passion. And I think that's one of the things is that it's not just even because uh, sometimes I see that more in in therapists than I do even in people more broadly in healthcare. In part because I think the act the act of scaling people's functional yeah. ability, the act of not just helping them but also helping them to help themselves, becomes something yeah. that seems central to other parts of people's character and other parts of their lives. Um, so I think that that's a, definitely a good point. And 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 thank you for throwing your hat into that ring. Um, I think it's, uh, it's certainly long overdue to have people like yourself on and around the council and also for people to make sure that we um, we 
diversify the styles of, of, of all sorts of different types of voices, but also to try to make sure that this is something that we, you know, you, you are known for calling a spade a spade. You're also someone that is known <laughs> for making sure that you uh, articulate yourself thoroughly and to make sure that things aren't just done superficially. And I think that's one of the things that most excites yeah. me, admittedly, and obviously in public and private conversations that me and you have had, uh, yeah. that seems to be where we have a lot of kinship is that we just sort of, we, 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 we can sort of have a, we, we smell when someone's doing, saying something for effect and we can tell when someone actually wants yeah. to instigate meaningful change. Yeah. And one of the things that stifles meaningful change is superficial, tokenistic gestures, making lots of noise, talking yeah. the talk, not walking the walk. We both don't like that. So no. how, do you, how do you feel like you will be wanting to, to drive those sorts of changes? And what sort of sense of accountability are you going to hold both yourself and, and others around you to? I think that... Um... Um, sorry, say that again, because somebody just popped in with something and I... That... Oh, it's okay. No bother. Yeah, I was just mean, what, what sort of, uh, when you think about what you're hoping for, for it, say, let's say, let's, uh, let's hope you get elected to council, what, yeah. gonna hold, what standards are you going to hold yourself to and others to that are going to then help to drive standards up? Yeah, I think, um, as you've said, the, the element of kind of digging in a little bit deeper is, is going to be, is key, but then not just digging in deeper just for me to understand but also for other people like me to understand, other members like me to understand. So, you know, I think that there are people who are raising a lot of the same questions in terms of what the CSP does. Okay, if we're feeling that that isn't clear, despite the fact that we think we've got information on the website and, and that should be accessible and is actively being updated, because there's a lot of work obviously that's going on, you know, behind the scenes to keep us updated as members, but actually going in deeper to things that we think maybe we don't understand and unpeeling back what some of what some of that truly is you right. know how do we grow and grow within the space that is current so that as a profession we don't feel like we're we're at risk of being left behind in any way sure. you know particularly mm. for our up, upcoming students who you know at this moment in time will be struggling with placements with potentially getting jobs, feeling like, are they getting enough hands-on contact? And I think it's exploring some of what that looks like from that point moving forwards and, and people knowing exactly where they can go to get assistance or help um, and what that, that help looks like. Because I think that there's been a lot of push, you know, particularly through the, through the pandemic that, well, what does the CSP do then? How, how, how can they help us? For me, the accountability is around being able to answer some of those questions succinctly. And if there is something that's missed, not been accounted for, needs to be evaluated, can be stretched and made bigger or smaller to manage, that we can do that together. Mm -hmm. If I am somebody who helps to platform that, and then we're utilising a bit like with the EDI survey now, saying that they're going to need that, you know, the CSPs needs a little bit of extra time to take into account the, the networks. It's about having those conversations with people so that people actively feel like they are involved in, in something that they have created. And so what we've what we've touched on there is then your ability to then make sure that there's the conversations not just raised, but also the actions are then taken and, and yeah. that then we make sure that there's not just not just talk but but uh, but walk as well um one of the things that was just popped up here i noticed um bernadette johnson has asked do you think that do you not think that physio first already represents private physio what is lacking 
that standing for the CSP would add? I just wonder, obviously, I've got my answer to that. What's what's yeah, no, um, so actually, what um, some conversation was around in relation to the CSP was, and I know this has probably come up quite a lot in terms of, and I'm not saying that Physio First is not, um, is not representing private practice at all, that's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that a lot of people, I think, and this has come up, is that that CSP is is supporting you as a member of the Chartered Society of Physiotherapy. But we know that we have a lot of private clinicians who work independently in the private sector. So when they're going for help via the CSP, it's as though they're expecting that help to come as per their business. Yeah. But actually that help is for them as, as a member, as an independent clinician, not from the business practice as a whole. Does that make sense? And, and that's the thing, as an independent practitioner, you're never going to be really uncoupling those two things. You, you know, you you never really consider yourself as as a clinician independent of your business because it's something that's so intertwined. And that's one of the Correct. things, admittedly, Alex McKenzie on, on a recent Physio Matters podcast did realise that they hadn't been exposed to before that has been yeah. a learning experience for them. Just a part of a part of the answer there, because uh, Bernadette, thanks for thanks for uh, yeah, thank the comment you. there. Um, but I know Bernadette uh, is a, a patient and an MSKR member um, suffering with persistent pain. And so just to clarify, Bernadette, that Physio First is a separate organisation of many in many ways. And so you've got many csp members that pay fees to the csp that then the the physio first is a separate set of fees and a separate organization and whilst they are a, a body that represents the private physio the csp have a duty to its members independent of physio first there's no obligation to be a member of either but you certainly have many more people as members of the csp that aren't physio first members um and so there is a there is a difference there that's relevant i suppose that standing for csp council has has a direct influence on the pro profession-wide agenda which i imaginely are knowing you that's something that matters deeply to you as well. It's not just a private practice voice that you're trying to bring here. You're wanting to raise standards across healthcare. Yeah, and I think, you know, when when I originally, I say, started out as, as a physio <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> back in black and white times, dare I say. It feels, hey? feels like that. Um, it does feel a little bit like that at times. But, you know, I was... I didn't really even know what physiotherapists did, you know, um, to, to think that we now have, a, you know, a platform like this, chewing it over, where you're telling me that one of your patients is now commenting about, you know, physio first, uh, you know, and pitching him with an absolutely credible like question. Well, by the way, not one of my, well, not one of my patients, by the oh, way. I'm but she's a patient. Met yet, Sorry, but, she's yeah, a, a patient. patient, a patient yeah. advocate. Yeah. 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 But, but we know that, you know, 20 odd years ago, those those kind of conversations were not yeah, happening. Do you see point. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and now as we're moving forward and we know that we can kind of give things so much more visibility and that, you know, um, our patients can hold us to so much more account because of their knowledge about what we do and how we do it. Yeah, yeah. And also because question, patients are constantly questioning, right, what's the difference between you and this profession? What's the difference between you and that profession? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, I will never tell anyone that it's like we have a point to prove. But I know you and I have spoken before and we've had people comment about, you know, raising the esteem, this, you know, the sort of self-esteem of physiotherapy. Mm -hmm. And I think this space that we currently find ourselves in, you know, through the through the pandemic, this has been a really good time for us to raise the energy 
the visibility, the publicity of what it is that we do and how well we do it. Like, it pleases me no end to see retweets on Twitter for um, cardiorespiratory physiotherapists being involved in the ITU level, yeah. you know, for, for the BBC articles to be retweeted, like, constantly by people. I am... Like it, it delights me to be a part of that as what I think is actually a fundamental movement for physiotherapy, whether people want to acknowledge it like that or not, is, is, is I'm going to say is almost irrelevant because I know that respiratory physiotherapists have been in ITU for, for ages. I was, I was a, I was a band five and a band six on rotation. I worked on ITU. I was on call. So for us to be doing what we have been doing all this time, and for now to, to be able to consolidate that and say to the public, to, to each other, here we are. And I always put the comment, I see you. That that I see you is like, I see your efforts. I see, I see you putting in the work. That is, thank you. That is my gratitude. Like it comes with so much behind it because I know like me, there are so many other clinicians who have been putting in that work, the graft, and it's not been easy. And, and now when we get to this point, when you think, okay, finally, we have some change. This is just the beginning. This is because the start. You have some great unique insights into that visibility piece, especially with the work you've done in schools. When you do speak yeah. to school children and stuff, and you maybe ask them the question, do you, you know, do you know what physios do or what's your understanding of it? How accurate do you feel their perception is of what we do compared to what the, the reality is? Still very inaccurate. Um, it's been interesting. So, um, when I started Distinct five years ago, at the beginning, I had no real like help. There wasn't anyone like around to give me a hand or anything. And I would go to some schools that would just ask me to be present at what was just career fairs, you know? Right. And I, I would say to my mum, you know, I'd be stacking up the car and she said, well, do, shall I come? Shall I help you? And there was no way that I was going to be able to do it, do all of this on my own. There were other companies there who would have, you know, the employees of that company yeah, yeah, yeah. represented. And there's me chasing in with my plastic box of equipment and my roller banner and attempting to look as professional as these other companies. And the more I've done, you know, the more I was present at these events and bringing my mum, I realised that to some degree, my mum was even asking certain questions you know, around what I did and how I did it. You know, somebody's asked her this and she's been able to answer this, but then she, I could hear in the background going, and you'll have to ask Leanne about that because there were just things that she just fundamentally didn't know. And right. what we realized, you know, I did, I remember doing four of those now, obviously because of, um, oh, lighting, sorry. Because of the, um, the pandemic, that those events, those types of events are not being hosted in quite the same way. Yeah. But I remember, um, being at one and having this queue that was just so long whatever i was saying seemed like it was like wildfire around the hall mm. and i had this queue of people so it was parents and students wanting to speak to me now fortunately i'd done like a frequently asked questions like pamphlet and i'd also asked the csp for some information about for students who would want to get into the profession right. so we had created these packs of information and we were able to hand those out mm. but it still meant that students had questions and, and fundamentally to me they had the questions because there was they, were, they realized that there were things that they didn't know about the profession Sure. There were things that their parents didn't know about it. And hold on a minute, maybe this is something that my child can do that I hadn't even thought of. To me, for the mm. amount of, of visibility that there is of us, particularly in hospitals, more people should know exactly what we do. 
what it looks like. Yeah, and I think that that definitely needs to be the breakthrough that we use. And I think you, you know, the, the, the sort of multimedia, new media, also the way that that overlaps now with the sort of legacy media, as we, as you're saying, with you being a, a representative, as I am sometimes in that mainstream publications, I think that that's only going to raise standards. But also, we just need to just be not be shy to try and bust some of the stereotypes of the bucket and sponge man, the massage therapist in, in a narrow sense. And it's just something that helping people to realize the, the incredible breadth of, of, of things that get done. I mean, I always say my household, I'm, I'm, my, my wife Charlotte and uh, is a pediatric respiratory physio. And so I always say she's working with poorly children. I'm working with otherwise fairly well adults relative to them. And it's like the breadth of us having the same degree sometimes surprises people when they hear about the differences in our job role. And I think that that understanding of it is only going to be better for physiotherapy if the accuracy is there as standard and more people are aspiring to be to be physios. Now, I hope this doesn't seem like I, I'm definitely looking at the time. I know it would be remiss if I didn't get stuck into another passion of yours, which, of course, um, have been, been a higher... Uh, social item on the agenda uh, worldwide, of course, with regards to black representation. And so our corner of that in healthcare and in physiotherapy, etc., I know is a big passion of yours. Um, could you just reflect on that a little and tell us how that is something that is informing some of the work that you're doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, 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 I chuckle about it because I don't I don't know when people are doing what they do for their work every day or you know when you think about what your purpose is when we when I talk about this as an issue like in my mind it's just huge you know it's mm. as part of my purpose and and it's not then just for me as a physiotherapist it's it's about who I am you know, this, this as a topic, you know, um, is about me as an individual, that's, that's personal, you know, uh, and that then no longer, you know, there is no then separating, um, in my mind, you know, Leanne Antoine as a physio, you know, Leanne Antoine as your friend, Leanne Antoine as your clinical educator, I'm back, you know, and, for me, and, and I know you and I have had so many conversations offline, and I know we won't have enough time to go over all of this, but fundamentally, it is important for black people to see other black people in management positions. And I know we've spoken about, you know, the, the, the pros and the cons, or, or is there a need for role models? And what does that really look like? What does that really mean to people? Sure. There's also a need for other cultures and and races to see black people in positions of management you mm. know yeah. um and for me it's very much about making this normal you know i've heard people use terms like i want to help black people to get ahead and you know or um let's let's see what we can do to to help it, no, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and, I, and I'm, I say this all the time, and I will repeat it. I don't speak for every black person, okay? I speak as a black person, but I don't speak for every black person, because not every black person is going to feel the way I do about things. But, and I even say this for minorities. No one is asking for a foot up 
what people are fundamentally asking for is, I think, equality and equity in that space. Now, to start with, it may mean that, you know, a person of a certain color has to create, has to create certain pathways to make that possible. But fundamentally, those pathways should have already been there. Mm. The fact that we have to visit some of this topic in the way that we do at this time is because those things have not been there, mm. you know? So we're having to admit that there's been some shortcomings and in order to provide solutions to some of those problems, this is what it looks like. Yeah. But they are solutions to problems. They're not foot ups. So you're not helping anybody to come forward. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know? <laughs> obviously, me, me and you, me and you are sort of smirking at each other a little bit because this is the sort of chat that we have offline, whereby something that feels so, sometimes well intentioned, but people end up being incredibly patronising and and like you know, let's be frank. Sometimes there's there's some there's, there's a more than just a tinge of racism there to think that that people might need that need need your hand. It's like a saviour complex that sometimes yeah. emerges, sometimes from well-meaning people, but actually in a condescending fashion. So your your example that you're setting and continue to not just here, of course, but all the other work that you're doing is something that definitely is is something that's there to inspire. But it's also one that you always wanted to make clear that this is something that instead about trying to get better visibility based on what you were saying before and why I linked it. We're never going to cover enough in five minutes, of course, but uh, over time, no doubt, and we'll announce in a second how we're going to do that. But you're going to be able to get your message out loud and proud. I think that the ability to recognize the statistical differences uh, compared to the general population in representation of black people in physiotherapy, as well as in healthcare, et cetera, in different formats, means that when you're having those conversations at schools, et cetera, is that, that, that recognition of, of that being a role of which someone might aspire to is completely linked to those, not just statistical differences, but also people recognizing themselves in particular roles, aspiring to them, and, and recognizing that also there's a few different ways in which their careers could go, and this is one of them that they might not have otherwise considered. And so that's that that area that uh, you're obviously blazing trails on, but also where that it's being clear that that's not you then saying like, let's help 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 people up and and, and and make way it's instead just recognizing that no let's try and adjust some of the systemic barriers that might have occurred move them out of the way and no one need any help they just get you know just making sure that there's an appropriate route through uh, which is really interesting now we've i said about announcements etc you're going to be hosting chewing it over once a month you're going to be doing a takeover on a tuesday come um, on <laughs> So people that listened in on Monday, they have recent Amelia on Tuesday, Jack March, and they're all announcing that each, each once once a month they're going to be doing a takeover. And so you'll all be delighted, no doubt, to hear less of me. So Leanne's going to be joining you and talking about some of these issues in more detail, as well as no doubt getting all sorts of interesting guests on to touch on the things that she's passionate about, as well as helping you guys to realise what people, what Leanne and others like her could do to influence the likes of the CSP by climbing onto council uh, when that time comes in the summertime. So what have people got in store uh, for when you do your, your takeover shows there? I think um, expect me to bring some energy, <laughs> like 100%, you know, and, and to have some, some real raw, honest, open conversations. Like, you know, even when the, the CSP um, took me to shadow, I shadowed with them 
you know, there's a real honest, uh, you know, I'm a very honest and open, you know, authentic character. I don't have to try to be that person. That's who I am. So when I'm here chatting with you or we'll be chatting with other, other, you know, I'm going to say members of the CSP or other guests, I expect to bring exactly the same thing. And I hope that the audience will feel like they can come with their questions very openly. It's going to be an opportunity for me to be quite vulnerable in a space, but hopefully the audience feels the same and they can do the same as well. Absolutely, yeah, and and uh, I'm I'm so looking forward to that. As as uh, I've mentioned, and the reason why we're making sure that that space doesn't just get vacated and left empty is because I'm looking forward to being on my way to nursery to scoop the kids up, tuning into the various guest hosts, and so I'm so excited for that. We'll be announcing exactly when that will be um, shortly on social media, so pay attention to to that. But certainly one Tuesday each month, and that's as as the guest host. But of course, there's always plenty of opportunity for me and Leanne to chew it over, and no doubt. She can be a frequent guest on this show, independent of her, her guest hosting. There's already some excited comments coming in. We're not going to be able to read all of them because it's only a minute to go. But Joe Turner said that'll be fantastic. Looking forward to that. Comments also coming in agreeing that this is the time to address issues of esteem, identity, professional credibility. COVID has turned the lights on. No going back. Thank goodness. It's a lovely comment. So. What I just want to make sure I say as well before we go is that as, as Leanne is doing and throwing her hat into the ring, we are also, a newsletter is going out tomorrow to MSKR members, which I know is a, slight, you know, a slightly different thing, but MSKR members that happen to be physiotherapists and happen to be CSP members. MSKR are looking at ways in which we can support anyone that is fancying running for CSP council to make sure that you get the exposure that you deserve, as well as the opportunities to try and um, help with various different things that many of the associate directors, especially as well as myself and Felicity have had insight into that can help you uh, to understand what the role will entail as well as support you and how you feel if you're an MSKR member supportive of the MSKR agenda, how we can sort of link those things up appropriately so the MSKR can then field candidates essentially or support candidates that might want to run. And, and Leanne's a, a brilliant example of that, who's someone that recognises that this it's not about one narrow thing. It's about trying to recognize the, the raising of standards across the board and advocating as she does. So just point people in the right direction for your social media handles, Leanne, and then we'll we'll wrap up from there. Yeah, sure. So um, on Instagram, I am at Distinct Physio, Facebook, Distinct Physiotherapy, LinkedIn. It's actually my name, Leanne Antoine, but you can also find the company Distinct Physiotherapy as well. I'm on Clubhouse. Hit me up on Clubhouse if you're on Clubhouse. I love a good discussion. Hearty, meaty, uh, deep. And uh, what am I missing, Jack? Uh, Twitter, Distinct Physio. Because some people said to me, oh, they didn't realise that that was me. It's definitely me. I'm as distinct as it gets. Yeah, I need to talk to you about that. I think we need to make sure your name is attached to it. I'm going to have to, yeah. Stuff there, aren't we? But Clubhouse, I've I've just got my uh, my special invite. Someone sent me over. Thank you, Rob Bevan, for inviting me to Clubhouse. But I still need to do my little first show. So me, maybe me and you can do something on Clubhouse for those that haven't been there yet. That'd be cool. So all over that. So much. I noticed we are out of time, unfortunately. But thanks as ever, Leanne. Really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to what you bring uh, to tune it over. Don't do too good a job because otherwise I'm going to be out of a job. <laughs> warm into it or something. Like, make sure there's some some space left for me. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, going, to have, uh, I'm going to be uh, egg on my face. But thanks as ever. And uh, for Thank those you. that are tuning in, I think tomorrow, let me look. What have I got? Have I got a guest on tomorrow? I can't remember. Oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. Monday, unless he's going to tell me otherwise tonight, because he's not managed to edit in time, but Tom Jessen, is, we're doing a book launch. He's going to launch his sciatica book 
on air <laughs> on Monday. So awesome. please tune into that. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. So we're going to get stuck into Sciatica with Tom Jess and then um, amazing what he's done with this book. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. So please, that's Monday. I can't remember what we're doing tomorrow, but it's going to be brilliant too. So tune in then. Okay. Ta-ra. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>